If you have received IRS Form 9297 from an IRS revenue officer, listen up because this video is for you. Now, if you have a revenue officer assigned to your case, which you do, and if you have a Form 9297 in your possession, then you need to start taking your tax situation very seriously. Now, you should really take any tax situation, back taxes, unfiled tax returns seriously, whether you have a revenue officer or not. But the fact that the IRS has assigned a revenue officer, which is a highly experienced collections official at the IRS, the fact that the IRS has assigned such a person to your case indicates that they are taking particular notice of you and your tax problem. Okay, so while you may have ignored a bunch of notices that the IRS had sent you before when you were in ACS and just tossed them in the mail, I highly suggest that you do not ignore your revenue officer or what the uh, your revenue officer is requesting from you. And the Form 9297, uh, the Summary of Taxpayer Contact, is a document that the IRS revenue officer uh, sends to those in their case inventory or sends to a taxpayer in their case inventory to inform them uh, of what the revenue officer wants from the taxpayer. Okay, the, the documents and other information the, the revenue officer wants to see. Um, you know, wage statements. This is, this is a sample Form 9297. It, it was an actual one for one of our clients, but I uh, redacted sensitive information and just changed the name to John Smith. Uh, but it, th what, what this document is doing is it's, it's, it's the revenue officer saying, hey, I want these documents. I want your wage statements from such and such state to such and such state. <coughs> and I want them by this date. Okay, so the list of documents the revenue officer wants, um, along with the date by which he or she wants them. The Form 9297 also uh, indicates the um, consequences that the um, taxpayer may face if they fail to meet the revenue officer's requests by the requested deadline. And you can you can see that uh, down here where it says a failure to meet the above deadlines by the specified dates uh, may require the IRS to take certain actions uh, such as issuing notice of levy, issuing a summons, uh, or other actions as specified below. Uh, and the revenue officer typed here accounts may be levied, right? And a levy, you, you don't want that. Um, a levy is when the IRS starts taking your stuff, okay? Wage garnishment is a wage levy. The IRS is taking money out of your paycheck, sending a notice to your employer, hey, don't pay them everything, pay us a lot and leave them a little. Or they just they send a, a notice of levy to your bank. Hey, they owe your your uh, client who banks with you owes us money. Pay us what's in their account, right? That's a levy. You don't, you don't want that. You don't. That sounds scary. Well, because it is. Um. So right. So so the summary taxpayer contact form nineteen ninety seven tells you what uh, the revenue officer wants and certain documents that they've checked a box for on the deadline, uh, and, and the consequences of not. Um, delivering these things to the revenue officer by the requested deadline. Uh, also very important is the revenue officer's contact information, which is down here at the bottom. Uh, when you make your first contact with the revenue officer, I would recommend that you also get their manager's name, um, ID number, phone number, and fax number. Okay, because at the bottom of 1997, it's just the revenue officer assigned to your case. But uh, sometimes you'll want to have a, or you, you or your professional, or tax professional you're working with, may want to have a conference with the manager about something. If if you don't think that the revenue officer is handling the case appropriately, uh, there are other instances where you want to get the RO's manager involved, or maybe the RO is just being non-responsive. You want to reach out to the manager.
Okay, good idea to get the manager's info uh, right off the bat, and that's what we do as a matter of course for uh, all of our clients who have a, a revenue officer assigned. You know, in terms of RO requests, they typically ask for the standard stuff, right, to make a determination. Well, let me take a step back. This is uh, this the the 9297 I have on screen here is um, a collections. Well, this in, this taxpayer had um, had some amounts that were the IRS assessed based on SFRs because he hadn't filed a return. Um, he also had some other uh, additional tax return filings that he had not completed because the IRS had, uh, well, they had, well, the IRS hadn't done an SFR yet. And um, so the IRS was requesting these delinquent returns. We eventually also filed, you know, other returns for him beyond these that the IRS had done an SFR for to reduce his tax liability for the year. So sometimes though, if you haven't filed anything yet and, um, you know, there is no assessment yet, all the IRS is going to be the revenue officer might be asking is just for your tax returns, right? And then they'll make the assessment and then might get back to the RO's inventory, you know, toward the collections case. Uh, in this case, though, um, the RO's asking, you know, for unfiled returns that the, that the taxpayer had not filed, as well as, you know, the typical stuff that they asked for in order to determine the taxpayer's collectability, meaning how much they can afford to pay the IRS right now, right? And, and the backbone of that analysis are things like pay stubs, you know, bank statements, right? And, you know, listing of assets that the taxpayer owns that they could draw from uh, to pay their tax debt. You know, and sometimes you'll see down, oh, it is down here. <laughs> um, they'll often also ask for a 433A too. Interesting, they ask for the 433F. Hmm, that, that's interesting. Because usually when you're working with an RO, they just want the A. Uh, this RO said, well, instead of giving us the documents above, you can just pay this amount, 158 grand, right, which is their current assessment. And they're reminding you that income information older than 10 years back may be found with the Social Security Administration. Okay, so uh, they might write additional notes uh, down here, usually requesting a, a 433A or, or something like that. Uh, so what should you do if you've received um, IRS Form 9297? Well, the first thing I would do is make an electronic copy of this document. This is a very important document. Um, you do not want to misplace it for several reasons. First, it has sensitive inf your sensitive information on it, like your social security number. Um, and also, it's important that you, that you get this revenue officer what they want. Um, or they can make your life heck. Okay? Um, that's just plain and simple. Um, so make an electronic copy of this. Store it, on Google, store it somewhere secure. Right? Have the hard copy as well. For important docs, I personally like and recommend both for um, in my business life and my personal life, hard copy and electronic copy, right? Uh, number two thing I do is, is call the revenue officer, have a conversation with them. You, you may have already had a conversation with them, but call them again and ask them for some things, okay? Uh, or bring up some things. First, bring up any errors you spot on the Form 9297. Okay, we have seen it, surprisingly, where the revenue officer is saying that certain tax years here are delinquent when they were actually filed long ago, right? Uh, or maybe uh, maybe your, your name is misspelled. Just any, anything that looks off, bring it up with the RO, bring up any errors um, so they can fix it. Um, also bring up any clarification of what the RO, RO's revenue officer, of what the RO is requesting. If any of this stuff doesn't make sense to you on the 9297, uh, bring it up with the RO and ask, hey, specifically, what are you asking for? Could you kind of expand on, on this? This, you know, the language here kind of confuses me. Uh, and they should, they should explain it uh, as best they can. Um, 
if it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to meet the revenue officer's deadlines here that they've given you, ask for an extension. You know, it it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, just anecdotally, I, I, I found that when we as professionals take on a case where there's an RO assigned, the RO tends to, to give us, um, you know, uh, the extensions when we ask for them, right? Um, because they know that we want to work the cases quickly. You know, we don't want stuff in our inventory forever either. Um, and but you know you, you could be successful as well asking for for uh, an extended deadline um, for some for the things that the uh, the revenue officer is is requesting of you and like I said get you know you have the revenue officer's contact information in the 1997 itself also get the manager's name ID number um, fax number uh, and telephone number okay just in case you need that in the future now what should you do next next develop a game plan okay Step three is not just give the RO everything they're requesting and say, hey, RO, here you go. Here's my whole financial life. Do what you want with me. No. Okay. Now, you may very well give the RO what they want eventually. Uh, but before doing so, you need to remember that the revenue officer is not acting in your best interest. Okay. If you hire a professional to represent you before the IRS, that professional, that CPA, that EA, that tax attorney like, like me or somebody else, they will be acting in your best interest, okay? The RO is not. The revenue officer is acting in the best interest of the United States government who wants to collect uh, the tax that it believes you owe as quickly as possible, okay? They want to collect as much money as it can from you as quickly as it can. So the last thing you want to do is let your revenue officer come up with a game plan here, okay? Rather, you want to be proactive here and you come up with the game plan here. Okay, of what's in your best interest. That could be an offer in compromise. It could be getting in currently non-collectible status, also known as the IRS hardship program. It, it could be entering into an installment agreement with the IRS, but not the one the RO wants to push on you. Okay, you may qualify for a hardship-based uh, installment agreement, a partial payment installment agreement to pay less than you owe over time, rather than what the revenue officer wants you to pay, which is everything as quickly as possible. Kind of get it? Um, of course, I've created several videos on my channel um, about these tax relief options. Uh, there's one up here at, at the top of the screen. And hopefully as you watch that video, you'll you'll identify which one or ones you may want to pursue or that your, your tax professional may want to pursue and have that end goal in mind when interfacing with the revenue officer. Don't just do a data dump on the revenue officer and let them figure out the game plan. You set the game plan. Right, or if you have a, a professional in your corner representing you, your professional should be set, setting the game plan. What are we going to shoot for here? Right, and they should be aggressive too with, with the RO, and don't let don't let the RO push push them or you around. Um, next step: filing overdue returns that are in your best interest to file. Right, so obviously the if you have um, unfiled returns within the past six years, the RO is going to request uh, those returns. Um, they would indicate that on the 9297 as they did for uh, our, our friend here, right? Delinquent income tax returns with the years there. <coughs> and typically what we do is we file the returns as, as usual and then just give the revenue officer a, a courtesy copy because we have had it be the case where, we, you know, when I was green, I remember a case where I just gave, when I was new, I remember I gave just the revenue officer copies of the returns and he, he never sent them for processing. 
So now I just file the returns myself and, and give the revenue officer a courtesy copy. Okay. Cause, cause doing that, cause the revenue officer dropped the ball. It caused the case to drag on unnecessarily. And it was just, it was just a mess. Okay. Um, now keep in mind that you, like I said, the revenue officer is asking is acting in the IRS's best interest, not yours. You may want to file delinquent tax returns beyond what the revenue officer is requesting. And that, that was in fact the case for this taxpayer here because the IRS had prepared SFR substitute for returns for him for a couple of years. And it was in the taxpayer's best interest to file original returns for those years, which were before the years here in the 1997 to lower his liability for those years, right? Because the IRS overstated his liabilities. For example, it didn't give him the foreign earned income exclusion though. He was living overseas, right? Things like this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and the next, I would say, you know, once you've done all this, once you've got your game plan together, yeah, give the revenue officer the documents that he or she wants, right? But present your game plan to them as well, okay? You never know. Maybe the revenue officer just wants you out of his inventory, right? Uh, maybe, maybe that's what he wants. Um, you, you don't know. And maybe if, if you if you pitch him a, a viable solution, like, hey, here's my stuff, here's the 433A. But look, you can see right here, I can only afford to pay you, IRS, you know, 100 bucks a month on my, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars of tax debt. You can look, look at my bank statement. This is all I can afford to pay. RO might go for it, right? Yeah, it, you never know until, until you, you actually pitch what you want, okay? And you argue for what you want. And if you're really smart, you cite the Internal Revenue Manual backing up what you want, okay? And that, that's what your representative should be doing for you, okay? Now, typically, it, dis, it, it isn't this easy, okay? And this is where the fun kind of begins. Um, because your revenue officer will very likely, I mean, there are some cases where no, the RO just wants you out of the inventory. He just will sign off on it, whatever. But manager will sign off on it. But, you know, it's more often the case that the revenue officer has a very different game plan in mind for how he's approaching your case and your game plan. And that's where you, you butt heads, right? Um, so the, the last step here is just basically know your rights, know the law, know the IRM and fight tooth and nail. Okay. Um, revenue officers in general are not rookie IRS collections personnel. Um, many of them have uh, years, decades of experience. Um, some of them have advanced degrees in taxation. Some of them are attorneys. Okay. Uh, and like I said, many of them have been with the IRS for decades. So you should be very prepared for a revenue officer to dismiss, for example, uh, many of your living expenses on the 433A and say, oh, you can't claim those. Okay. Um, basically, I don't want to get too into the weeds here of kind of the details and the, and the, the technicalities of the 433A and the, you know, the, the IRS expense standards and things like that, because I've covered those in other videos. But essentially, your revenue officer is going to try to position you as well off and able to pay your taxes as possible. And, you know, you're spending money on all these unnecessary expenses. Um, because if you're, you know, well off and you have all this disposable income and access to this equity and these assets you own, then you can afford to pay the IRS back everything you owe right now. Okay. On the other hand, you uh, and your representative, if you're working with one, should try to, you know, position yourself as broke as possible with the story being, and hopefully the, the facts and the bank statements bearing this out, that the only things you're actually spending money on are very basic living expenses, 
right, that are necessary for the health and welfare of you and your family or for the production of income, right? And if you show that and you show, look, IRS, everything I have, it goes to pay our, our necessary living expenses. I don't have anything left over to pay you guys monthly or I have very little to pay you. Um, if you can prove that to the revenue officer, using the IRS's own rules, its own guidelines in the Internal Revenue Manual, IRS can't expect anything more from you. And whatever that little bit you can afford to pay, maybe it's nothing, maybe it's hardship, maybe it's nothing, right? Um, so, you know, I guess my point is, well, the revenue officer may be pushing for, say, a full payment installment agreement or to liquidate assets, right? Um, we might be pushing for a partial payment installment agreement. Right? Because we can show by the IRS's own policies set forth in the Internal Revenue Manual for how to determine how much money a taxpayer has to pay the IRS, we may show that the, the taxpayer may, may only afford to pay the IRS 50 bucks a month, okay, or 100 bucks a month, right? Depending on the situation. Well, the revenue officer is pushing uh, for the taxpayer to pay thousands of dollars a month, right? That's a win. Uh, you know that that that, that that's when, um, when when we get the, when we get those arguments through to the to the revenue officer. Sometimes we have to elevate to the manager, right? Sometimes we have to um, uh, use some kind of appeals tools that we have at our disposal, right? If the revenue officer is, is not is kind of being unruly there and, and not taking the internal revenue manual at face value, or keeping it set with the spirit um, of the internal revenue manual as kind of the the case may be, whatever's working in our favor. Um, so, I mean, and that's the gist of the, of, of, of the argumentation here between you and your revenue officer. Your revenue officer is, is going to try to make you, uh, or is going to try to paint you in the best possible light financially, because if you're in the best possible light financially, lots of, lots of cash flow every month, lots of assets that you have access to, well, then sure, you can pay the IRS more, but you're coming in trying to present yourself as kind of lowly and as humble financially as possible, because if you're obviously if you're of limited means, you don't have a lot to pay the IRS. And that's really the name of the game. Um, if you want to learn more about how to fight the IRS, check out my video up here at the left-hand side, uh, top left of your screen. It's called How to Fight the IRS and Win. I also have all of my tax relief videos on the bottom left-hand corner of your screen uh, if you want to check them out. My name is Logan Alec. I own Choice Tax Relief. If you have a tax problem, you know, the IRS or your state, uh, $10,000 or more, or you have many years of unfiled tax returns, give us a call at 866-8000-TAX or visit our website, choicetaxrelief.com. All right, folks, thanks for watching. See you in the next video. Bye-bye.